Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is Sunday, October 13th. Actually, it's really like the end of September. I pre-recorded the show because I'm on vacation this week. My wife and I are in Europe, and we're going to be here for about two weeks, so there won't be a show this week or next week on the 25th. Uh, I don't know if that would be the 13th that we're actually doing the show, to be honest with you. I should have checked on the calendar first, right? I'm not even sure myself. Yeah, it is the 13th. Okay. But I didn't want to go two weeks without doing a show, and I had to do some pre-recorded interviews. So I think I combined them all to this and just put it out there so somebody has something to listen to, if even the least bit interested. So. But thank you for being here today. I do appreciate it. Hollow's Eve, there are no rules. The first two Hollow's Eve records, I mean, two of my favorite records. Absolutely love them. Tales of Terror and Death and Insanity. Uh, the band started to change a little bit around the Monument time when that record came out. Uh, I mean, I would still put it up there as a great album with them, but there was definitely a little change in pace and style and sound. Nothing too extravagant or extraordinary, but by the time Evil Never Dies came out, I mean, the band changed completely, in my opinion. And we started doing this show about the same time the band reunited or had gotten back together uh, the last time, you know, uh, and they put out The Never Ending Sleep. And being such a big fan of the band, I tried to convince myself that it was a good record. I tried it really hard to get into it, but I just couldn't. It was really a, a pretty horrible record. Didn't even have the least bit of reminiscence to anything related to Hollow's Eve, in my opinion. I don't know what happened. I don't know if, like, you know, 
And so it was Dole Bright on guitar. I mean, you had Chris Bamante on guitar also. I don't know who's writing the music. Uh, I know Tommy still, we had him on the show a couple of times. His style of sounds have changed over the years. Maybe he had the influence on it. It just didn't sound the same to me, and I just did not like it. You know, and I don't know what's going on with the band these days. Tommy still's got a whole bunch of other projects happening. You don't really hear nothing from the guys anymore, but it would be nice if you get most of that classic lineup back together. Uh, that would be pretty amazing. I do believe the original drummer passed away a while ago. I'm not, not too sure. I don't want to say that if he didn't. You know, I don't want to wish anything bad about the guy if he's still alive, but I do think he passed away quite quite a while ago. So uh, maybe we can't get some of that classic lineup back together and get an album out that sounds like Hallow's Eve and like how it should be and not that. All right. How about we do a little Invader, Land of the North?
Majestic Light out of Long Island, New York. We started out that set with Invader, a killer band. We had them on the show many years ago. Land of the North. After that, Guardians of the Flame, which was one of Jack Starr's projects with the flame that never dies. I love that record. That was the Under the Savage Sky record. I want to say it was 2003 came out. I had my buddy on there, Sam and the Shoemaker, Avico on vocals. Joe Hasselvander was on drums. And Ned Malone, who plays pretty much with every project Jack Starr does over the years. This was a solid record. I don't know if it was like a one-off or what, but nothing else came out of it after that. Before this, Jack Starr had his own band, Jack Starr. And then uh, I think I want to say maybe two, three years after Guardians of Flame came out, uh, he started a burning star, and he's been releasing records under that name probably for the last 10 years or so. They got a brand new singer and a new record coming out also. We'll talk to Jack maybe when that happens. And right before that, like I said, Invader. And we played Majestic Right. You know, uh, the guitar player for that band is an Iron Maiden, uh, I would say cover band, but they get upset because they want to, you know, they like to wear tribute bands. To me, there's no difference. I mean, you can have this argument with these people over and over again that are in tribute bands. They think because, like, you know, they pay tribute to one band and not a cover band. I hate to tell you this, you're a cover band. You're just covering one band's music, not multiple bands' music. You go to a bar to see a cover band, they'll play maybe 12 or 13 different bands. These guys just play songs by one band. You're still a cover band. You just pay tribute to one band's music, but you're a cover band. And it's funny because I see some of these cover bands here in New York City, like headlining, like some of the clubs, and you have like these great local, you know, original metal acts that open it up for them. Artists that play in other bills that have pretty decent followings. I, I don't get it. Like, especially like when the Iron Maiden has come to town, a female Iron Maiden tribute band. It's because they're a bunch of good looking girls that people go to see the shows. Not because they want to hear them playing Iron Maiden's fucking music. Iron Maiden is still at the touring, so Iron Maiden playing anytime you want. That's just how I feel about that. I'm not going to go on a big rant today because, like I said, uh, we're just pre-recording some music today. And more importantly, I forgot to mention, we have an interview with Brian Tissue. We're going to do an interview live right now while I'm recording this, but we're going to air the show on October 13th. So uh, Brian Tissue, he's got his new band, Silver Throne, coming out. And, you know, Brian's been a part of – I can't even keep track of all the bands he's been, but we'll talk to him about as many of them as we can in the time we have for that interview. All right, how about we do a little uh, – I don't know. How about some Motorhead? Killed by Death.
and lost their seed. They finally got that stuff released a couple of years back. The quality is a little better than the demo tapes, but still not the best, but that's where things were recorded back in the 80s. All right, you know what? Let's get Brian on the line. Let's get this interview going, and let's move on from here. All right, give me one second while I dial him up, and we'll take care of business right here. All right, let's connect this. Let's do that. You need like an engineering degree if you came from the, from the 60s to figure out these computer things sometimes, but let's do this. All right. Brian, this is Mike calling for our interview. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good, good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. You're coming in perfect. Okay, I'm going to plug in my uh, headset so I can hear. Uh, you got it. You called uh, You called on Skype, and uh, my it, Skype on my phone rang first, so the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's not as loud as on my laptop. So let me plug that my you got it. Not a problem. <laughs> Where are you calling from? Staten Island, New York. Oh, cool. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, hop, skipping 13 hours over the bridge away from you. Yep. Uh, hold on. This is all technically uh, tangled up here. One second. Um, so is this, uh, are we pre-recording this? Yeah, we're, we're pre-recording it today. Okay. And is it, uh, is it just like played back as an audio or... Just, yeah, it's just an audio. Uh, it'll be on a live radio show uh, next week. Okay, cool. Um, what, what's the show called again? The Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. That's right. Okay. Sorry, man. This stuff is like spaghetti. I can't, you know how it gets sometimes. 
Not a problem. Take your time. I'm almost there. I say ten seconds, which probably means two minutes of some kind of I can see you, but I don't even know how to operate the video on these things. I'm completely illiterate when it comes to computer technology. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I just I just clicked on the video option that we had a uh, slash through it, and it opened it up. But uh, wait, let me see. So when I, now am I off? Yeah, you're off. Yeah. Okay. Well, then uh, you don't need to stare at my unshaven, unshowered <laughs> mug. <laughs> no, not at all. But hey, listen, it, it's a pleasure to talk with you today because – I've been listening to you play for a long, long time, and now with this new band, I'm hoping it's a band. I'm hoping you can take this a lot further because you're putting out some great music so far. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we that's our our intention is to uh, you know have this go on for a long time, and and uh, you know hopefully see it get the opportunities and uh, you know to to get us moving forward for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, so it's a three piece band, which means everybody's really got to pull their weight here and make things happen. I mean. Is it is it at the purest when it's just like three guys playing together in a room? Um, I don't know if it's the purest. Uh, this I'd say the standard, most common form of a rock band seems to be like a front man with a guitar player, bass bassist, and drummer. So, but there are plenty of uh, trios, which it seems like you don't even say trio. You just say you you have to almost say power trio with it. Um, so, uh, but but yeah, it was just uh, for for us. It, it, it it seemed uh, like the uh, the right formation for this for the kind of band we are. Uh, singer Pete Shoulder is also a killer guitar player and you know writer songwriter and also plays many other instruments and stuff. So he's mega talented. I'm not worried about it not having the sound uh, a full sound or anything just because it's a trio. I mean uh, look at look at other trios throughout history that have sounded as amazing as any lineup of musicians. You know. No, absolutely. I mean, with the new band now and everything going on, I mean, was this something that you had, you know, on the back burner for a long time, this idea of what you wanted to do? Or was it something that just kind of came together, like, you know, overnight? Uh, no, it came together. Uh, it, it actually came together, Silverthorn, through another project that ended up being put on the back burner, which in a, in a weird way, you know, um, you know, basically we, we made a lemonade with lemons. Uh, we, we, Pete and I were uh, put together in a, in a band with uh, the, the Leo brothers from Stone Temple Pilots. And at the time, this is a few years ago, they, the STP wasn't doing much. They didn't have, have a singer. I'd been friends with the DeLeos for a long time. So uh, we heard about Pete, Pete contacted us, amazing singer. And we, we basically all recorded a record together. Over the next year, we, we had high hopes. Of, as all of us had high hopes of making it happen. But somewhere in there, uh, the guys uh, uh, were turned on to what is now STP's new singer. So they had to sort of make a decision. You know, it's really hard to try and do two bands, especially one's brand new and the other one's well-established, you know. So, so they had to make that decision. And uh, we understood, you know, when you, when you have a super successful rock band that's, you know, you know, been around for decades and, you know, has had great success. It's basically your, your baby and your, uh, you know, your, your, your main, your main thing in life, as far as everything you put your time into, maybe outside of your family, you know? So, so uh, we had to understand, of course, and that was a couple of years ago. So the, the, the guys uh, have moved forward with STP. I think they've done quite a bit of touring and, and uh, released new music. So uh, that's, that's where their heads are at. Pete and I with, you know, with that news, instead of, you know, whining about it or, you know, just letting everything kind of fizzle, said, well, let's put our heads together and see what we can do. As uh, when, when we had met, I more and more realized quickly how talented Pete is and uh, how much we were cut from the same cloth, you know, where our musical backgrounds are at or, or our com where they come from and what we uh, what kind of music we're into and on all that. So we, we got together in my studio a little while later after uh, – after that other project um, was uh, put on indefinite hold. And, and we, we wrote and recorded a ton of stuff uh, through 2018, you know, the beginning of 2018. And uh, there was a chunk of time we had some, uh, some managers involved that ultimately it didn't, didn't go anywhere with them. And it kind of ate up a bunch of time last year. So this year 
we uh, it, uh the guy the, the label golden robot records heard our stuff and uh through you know a mutual friend kind of thing we were introduced and and there you go they offered us a deal and put it all together in the spring and and uh it's going to be an ep and the first single tear the sky wide open came out uh in the middle of august so we're, we're pushing that now and and uh there's gonna be a second single next month and the ep will be soon after and uh that's it man so it's a brand new thing we're getting rolling and we're just you know we're super excited about it and i got with with sorry sorry with all that said that was kind of the how it all came together story but you know within this year uh we uh uh bass player daniel spree joined up with us uh daniel is a great buddy of mine from la played with a bunch of people and we've you know jammed together here and there so when we uh when we knew we wanted it to be a trio, of course, you need a bass player. We contacted Daniel, sent him the song, said, what do you think? And he's like, this is great. Let's do it. And uh, there you go. So some things work out like that. We're really happy that Daniel was available and interested. And, uh, you know, we recently, uh, you know, d- before I was on the road this summer, we did some playing together, and it sounded amazing. So uh, it was really great to be able to get together, play through some stuff, and I just can't wait to get it, uh, get it out there for real. Yeah, well, Taylor, like I said, Taylor Sky Wide Open, people can hear right now the singles out. There's a video going around for it i mean is this the kind of band where the sound of that song is going to be the direction the band goes in or is there like an open policy where you know anything rock related can go if it fits with what you're doing um that's that 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 song was chosen as the first single simply because we we thought it had all the elements uh of what we mostly were about you know it was it represented a good chunk of what we're about and a, a good way to you know make everybody aware of what, where we're coming from, uh, it, which is basically, you know, heavy guitar driven rock, you know, with, uh, you know, with a, with a killer, killer vocalist and, and production wise, we're really organic and uh, it's real natural. There's, there's like none of the, no current studio trickery involved. It's really guys getting a room and record and, you know, or, you know, everything's, everything's natural. Drums are recorded completely as they sound, you know, in the room, same with the guitar amps and the vocals. You know, there's no no trickery of uh, you know, auto tune or copy paste or samples or whatever, all that stuff. So it, it's a it's it's a real true rock band. And and from the the single that you know and what that represents, yeah, it's big big loud heavy rock. You know, with uh, with a killer vocalist on top. That's pretty much what we are. But uh, song to song, yeah, they all vary. I mean, uh, there, there are some bands that have a formula and stick to it. And we don't want those bands to change a la, you know, an ACDC or something. There's a, there's a sound there that you, you have to have with every song and every, every ra- record release, you know, but, but, uh, you know, then there's other bands that, you know, have, you know, tons of, you know, from the Beatles to Queen to Zeppelin to the who, you know, there's, they, they, they vary in their, their styles and, and directions that they're going in songwriting wise. And, and we definitely have some of that stuff, but uh, mostly it's uh, it comes down to, you know, loud guitar driven rock you know what i love about it is that you know even though it's a it's a modern sound and rock song you've kept it a classic part of it also i mean there's a there's a, an amazingly catchy riff a chorus a verse you know you know how to, it grabs people and it makes you remember it when you're done hearing it you don't walk away saying what did i just hear i don't you know even remember it well uh thank you very much i appreciate that you, you know like, like i said that was that's that's why we chose that song it's a pretty much a straight up rock song with a big guitar riff, you know, and, uh, you know, the arrangement, there's nothing, uh, nothing crazy about the arrangement. There's, it's, it's, it's pretty standard as far as songwriting wise, but yeah, uh, you, you just hope, uh, you know, when you come out, you hope you come out swinging, you're hoping that, you know, the, the guitar riff that introduces the song grabs people. You're hoping that the verse has a melody that hooks people in and the sound of the singer is, is, uh, exciting. And, and when you hit that chorus, does it explode? And is it, is it memorable? And is it exciting? You know? So, you know, we thought we had those elements into the sky wide open. So, uh, you know, that, that's why it was the first single and, and, you know, thank you for your kind words. Uh, no problem. I mean, even though you have a name in this business, people know who you are. You've played with, I mean, I can't even name the amount of bands that you've played with live on record and all over the place. Is it still difficult starting up a new band and getting it off the ground, even though people know who you are? Uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, uh, it's definitely, you know, an uphill battle and, and it takes, you know, a hundred percent focus, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, Hey, some things happen. You don't expect either, either, whether it's through connections, you hook up with the right, whether it's a manager, an agent, or 
friends in another band might have you open up for them. There's, there's so many things that are potential possibilities to help a, a new band. But really, in this day and age, with the lack of record sales and with LPs, you know, full LPs not being nearly as popular as they were, it's more single driven. It's changed everything, you know, and just even the money generated from a band. It's, it's you know, as you know, everybody's, you know, bands that are established rely so much on touring now where, you know, it's, it's almost like the videos and the music uh, promote the tour. Whereas back in the day, yeah. the tour was, you know, promoting buying the record and, you know, and, and, uh, and even, you know, a video, you know, you know, video was, uh, was super important and, and helpful. And as it is now, but it's more for promotion. It's, it's more for promotion to go see the band live, whereas it used to be more promotion to, to sell records. So it, it's, yeah, man, it's, it's an uphill battle. And all you can do is, is A, do your best, and, and B, um, y- y- just, just give full focus and be smart about it. And, and you know, like we're, we're no different than any other new band. You know, we're all, everybody's out there struggling, and getting over that initial hump is, is difficult. You know, how do you get it? How do you get out there? if you don't have like a massive label with a ton of money behind you and you're relatively new, even if this guy might've played with this person or that person, you know, we see a lot of bands out there that have well-known players coming together, whether it's called a all-star band or a super group or whatever, it, that it doesn't guarantee that they're all going to put it together, put a record echo on tour and, and see, you know, see this uh, fan base and, you know, income that, that is uh, just, guaranteed there or that makes them have no worries about you know their future it's it's just not i know guys and other bands i'm friends with and and you know it's just not easy they have to change their game plans up and and restructure things because when they when you do get out there and see it's just like it's just a whole different world than than it was you know um so all all you can do man you got to have a bit of confidence you have to have you have to believe in your your yourself and believe in your band and believe that the more it's out there and the more it's heard the more people like it, we, we, you know, you have to believe that if we feel this way and we feel excited about it, there's got to be others out there. But even if there are, that doesn't mean it's instant success or instant, you know, hey, we're on tour and places are packed. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's hard, man. But uh, I guess that's why the, re, you know, the, the, the rewards and, you know, are so, you know, so sweet, <laughs> you know, when, when you actually do get to a level where you can sustain you know, that is, that is uh, a feeling I have yet to have because I haven't had my own band get to that level. I've been involved in a lot of great bands that have huge success and huge songs and, and still do from back in the 70s all the way up to now. You know, there's bands I've played with, whether it's, you know, Foreigner, Whitesnake, Billy Idol, you know, all that stuff. These guys uh, have gotten over that hump a long time ago and they can, they can uh, you know, continue with the, with all the success they, they earned and in, in, created back in the day through through many decades but to be be a new band with new music it's uh yeah man it's not easy <laughs> yeah i can imagine i mean you know get back to you saying a few minutes ago about like a single driven market i mean when you think about it, i mean if you go back to the 50s that's that was all the bands put out back then with singles it, it was started as a singles market until like the 60s and 70s where albums became more prominent and you're saying like you know the eps today like skid row another great band from new jersey they only put out <clears throat> so like people have short attention spans they won't go through a whole record it's a waste of money they put out a couple of songs at a time on an ep i mean you think that's going to be the future for music where bands are going to say let's just abandon the long you know the long form album format and just do the singles and the eps well, I hope I hope not. Uh, even though you're you're correct in what you're saying, yeah, it used to be that way. It was, uh, you know, it was everything was singles. Whether it was you know Elvis, Chuck Berry, the Beatles. I mean, the beginning of rock and roll, it was all singles. Somewhere, and of course, they released you know LPs, but really, you know, man, even you know in the '70s there were still 45s. You'd get the single, and you'd have a second song on the B side. And uh, but but I guess it was maybe late '60s. Uh, into the 70s, the LPs became the most popular, which, of course, tied into becoming, you know, whether eight tracks and cassettes and CDs, and sales were great for, for that. And, I, and, and that's, that's how I grew up. That's what I love is you hear a song. I mean, I could go back to being a kid, and the first time I remember hearing, uh, knowing it was Rush on the radio and hearing Limelight, I didn't, I, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't know it was Rush. I heard Limelight, and I'm sure I had already heard maybe, 
a song prior to that, just not knowing it was Rush because I'm a kid and nobody had turned me on to Rush yet. And I was like, on the radio, they go, that was Rush, Limelight. I'm like, I love that song. And uh, when I, I either heard Tom Sawyer on the radio or I went out and got the record, got moving pictures. And that was the excitement was not only am I, I, I love this song, but now I get to hear an entire record of this band. So I'm going to hopefully enjoy this entire record and become a fan of the band and go buy more, more of the records. And that's just what seemed natural to me is to, if you like one song, why would you only want one? Why wouldn't you want something more than, more than one from something you like? It's kind of like, I guess, uh, I don't know, you have a, a box of donuts or something, you know, and you haven't eaten in two days. You know, are you going to only eat one donut and then go on to waiting for some other type of food to come your way? Or are you going to go, no, nah, I got a donut. I'm going to eat another one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's just like there's more there to get, man. And it, and really, you know, back in the day, I, what were records? Five, six bucks. And uh, CDs are like 10 bucks now. So you get a, you know, if you like something, buy a, buy a single for a buck. You know, for another nine bucks, you get the whole enchilada. And you get to say, wow, I'm talking a lot about food here. But you get to... Uh, you know, enjoy this. To me, that's 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 just how it what, how it is to me. That's how I view it. So when I hear it's like, oh, you know, it's singles driven and people just buy that one song. Well, yeah, I guess because they like one song and they put it in their playlist of a hundred different bands, and it, you know, that's that. There's something to be said for that. That's cool. But for me, you know, the first time I heard whatever Mushuga, I hear I was like I, oh my god I, I love I love what I'm hearing I want to hear more I want I don't just want to hear the same song a thousand times I want to hear all 10 songs you know what I mean and then you know from that era from that that point in time where they released it and then you know you go back and buy buy the records if you're into it you know so it I, I but to answer your question I think there, it's all going to exist it's just you know things come and go man and and uh you know, with technology and with what people, you know, just with trends and stuff. But there's always going to be people that love full records. There's always going to be that person that hears a song and wants to hear the, the, you know, more from that band. And then there's also going to be the casual listener who digs a tune and buys it and goes and buys a, another band song, you know? So, um, but I, I, I do, uh, for me mostly, I dig getting that whole big picture from a band. You know, getting getting the the cover, the the the, the liner notes, the any information I can from that point in time when that first song I heard was released, and and digging into the full picture. You know, I that's that's how, I don't know. That's what I kind of thought. You know, I'm a musician, so I don't really know how maybe a, a casual listener, non-musician hears things when they listen to a song and enjoy it. You know, I don't know what, what goes through their head. I just know that for me. Man, I, I, you know, I just heard this band. That's great. I want to go get that whole record. You know, that's that's how it has been for me. Yeah, I think it's like that for most real fans of music. You know, Brian, do you ever think you'll get back to maybe Ball again? Because that was some really good stuff that kind of got lost in the mix back in the late '90s, early 2000s. No, no, man, that was uh, that was fun for while it happened, and that was just me, my first attempt at doing my own band and playing everything and singing and writing the lyrics and and. Uh, not being a singer, just saying, hey, why not try it? You know, I'm, I'm out in L.A. and I can't find anybody, and why don't I just go for it? I have a, a buddy who's killer drummer and a buddy on bass, and <clears throat> let's go play some shows, and I'll see what I can do. And, and it, was, it was great fun to do it, and I did release a record in, in Japan in 99, and, and then we got a deal in uh, 2000 for the States and had the finished, you know, redid all the same songs with some new ones, and uh mastered it and then the label started having massive distribution problems uh people were quitting bands weren't getting released and i was within that mix and and uh ultimately didn't it wasn't able to get another deal and uh, i can't really remember exactly why but uh there's that fine line of of working your own music and trying to get it off the ground and then also having to take care of family and pay your bills and you're, you know you're a working drummer and you know so i had to uh you know, try and balance it all out, but ultimately it, that had to kind of fizzle out. But I don't mind it. Thanks for you know digging it or whatever. Um, but it's I'm not. I wouldn't want to hear, hear that music or hear me singing that stuff or hear my <laughs> voice. Uh, uh, even though I don't sing much now or I'm not singing in any projects. You know, even if I did, I'd sing better than I did then. But uh, and write better. But but right now, man, it's like if that was okay for what it was. It was a long time ago. That's fine to let it sit there because what's going on with Silverthorn to me is is 
is really just a much better version of anything I would have done on my own. When, when you can sit and write with another person and, and that you're, you know, you're, you're uh, cut from the same cloth, cloth from, you know, cut from the same cloth and, and enjoy it and create music that you're excited about, man, there's, there's just, there's, there's nothing like it. Not to mention I'm, I'm in a band now with, you know, what I consider one of the best singers out there. And, and, uh, it, and yeah, and the tear of the sky wide open riff, that's his riff. He, we were sitting around, I go, I got this. He's like, I got that, blah, blah, blah. Then he went, Oh, I have this other thing. Went, 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 went. And he, I was like, what's that? That's cool, man. I go, all right. And let's jam on that, you know? And, and that was the start of that song. So it's really exciting when you're, you're, you know, you might think you have some decent stuff on your own, but the guy you're writing with is throwing other stuff your way. And I love that whole, a B thing, you know, you might have an A and they, that inspires them to get the B you throw it back, you get the C or, you know, they have an A and you go, wow, that's cool. Cause that's exactly what happened. He had the riff. I went, well, let's like take that vibe of the riff and break it down into these chords for the verse. And then I just happened to sing this little melody from a chord to a chord uh, for the chorus. And, and we are like, well, hey, this is, uh, this is, this is coming together, you know, and, and that's the beauty of songwriting, man, with somebody else, you know, you can bounce off each other and, you know, and uh, and take it from there. Yeah. So I th- I think uh, what we're doing is just a much better version of anything I did a long time ago with me singing. It's a uh, it's far superior and and uh, in in every way. Absolutely, hey, Brian. I'm not going to keep you, but when can we expect more from from Civil Thorn? I mean, is there, is the plan for this year to release the EP? Yeah. The the uh, what are we almost in October here? In about a month, we're gonna you know start, start putting out a couple little teasers for the next single, which is a song called. Uh, Black River Rising, which is is a whole other other type of vibe song compared to to the Sky Wide Open. It's it's uh, I, I can't wait because we're we're editing the video now, putting an EP to, EPK together now. Um, <clears throat> so it's all just going to be constant promo for for the you know for the band, the first single and the second single. So that'll come out in about a month, uh, Black River Rising, and then we're trying to figure out the best date for the EP. You know, for the five songs to come out fully. And we're working on that now, but I, I don't think it would be much, you know, too too far after the second single. That'd be great. Hey, Brian, the best look with the band. I hope that you, you know, you make it back home and with the band live, and I'd love to come see you guys out there playing. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll see you there when we're there. You got it, my friend. Have a great day, and the best of luck. Take care. All right, man. Thank you. Bye, bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.